Welcome to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. Every Nation is a Bible-believing, multi-ethnic, non-denominational church hoping to transform the world one life at a time. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey, good morning, every nation, New Jersey. God bless you. PA here, Pastor Adam Bird, and I'm so excited that you would choose to spend your Sunday morning here with us at Every Nation, New Jersey. And so before we dive back into the Gospel of John this morning, uh, I want to ask you, do you have, um, like, what are nostalgic foods for you? You know, like certain foods that you eat or smell, and it, and it kind of brings you back to your childhood or whatnot? So, uh, you know, some of you, it's a PBJ, it's mac and cheese. And man, I can remember uh, Saturdays at my home. See, my my parents divorced when I was real young and it would just be this bachelor pad. My my dad, my brother and me and Saturday would just be just laying around the house eating junk food all day, you know, watching uh, sports. You know, uh, uh, my dad would lay with a fistful of clicker. Oh, never mind. We didn't have clickers back then. You as the kid were the clicker and you had to change the channel and the volume right <laughs> and so uh, and so uh, with that it was funny I remember my, my dad he would always send me on junk food runs and so uh, like every Saturday like clockwork he would send me to McDonald's okay uh, three 12 piece McNuggets uh, and then as well a filet of fish why you would ever eat a filet of fish is beyond me but uh, my dad would, would, would send me there but before I got home from McDonald's I had to stop at the 7-eleven there pick up a bag of Doritos and, and multiple um, hostess pies if you remember these apple and cherry pie things they had uh, probably a year's worth of sugar in each one and and of course we had to top it off with a gallon of ice cream and so, uh, and here's the great thing is, uh, my dad would just give me the car keys, like I was Uber Eats, and say, hey, so make the McDonald's and the 7-Eleven run. Oh, and did I mention that I, that I was only 14 years old? <laughs> here's the car, kid. Go ahead and go do it, right? And so, uh, but that was nostalgic for me. That was for, that was for fast food uh, in my house. But, um, but if we were to eat in, uh, there's something that reminds me of home, uh, and that's this hamburger helper do you remember this stuff hamburger helper man uh, cheeseburger mac that was kind of our go-to dish and fine dining uh, cooking at home and for the record you know the food network uh, it had it uh, hamburger helper was was third uh, on the list of the top five uh, foods uh, in the 70s right it, i think only to be outdone by jello salad and i think tv dinners or something like that right but um but hamburger helper i don't know if you remember this but uh, actually it came about because there was a meat shortage in the day and so what they would do is you, you, they found out though you could take a, a pound of hamburger and you can make it go further it could you could feed a family of five uh, with one box uh, of hamburger helper uh, by the way did I mention one box of hamburger helper uh, has five days worth of sodium <laughs> how we're still alive uh, is, is beyond me all right and so uh, then um, uh, but but here's something you need to know and this will this will get us into our text do you know that Hamburger Helper, it changed its name from Hamburger Helper in 2013 to simply Helper. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. <laughs> Forgive me for the, the, the brutal illustration, but Jesus, uh, four times in our text today, he's going to mention that he's sending a helper. 
a helper. And so in, in uh, John's Gospel, chapters 13 to 17, it's what theologians call uh, the upper room discourse. And what's happening, John is giving a kind of like a, a behind the scenes view of what took place uh, during the Last Supper, Jesus' last hours with his disciples before he would be crucified. And you remember we've been reading and it's like Jesus washed the disciples' feet up there, this very intimate, humbling moment. And then and then we see that, that Jesus, they're going to enjoy Enjoy the Passover meal with one another. And then we remember that uh, he said too, I- I'm going away. And so there's all this angst in his disciples. And Jesus is going to beat this drum during the upper room uh, discourse. He's going to let them know, I'm sending you the helper. I'm sending you the helper. Four times we're going to read that today. That word uh, helper, it's actually, it's a unique word. It's the word paraclete in the Greek. Uh, Para means alongside and and kaleo, it means to call. The helper is one that's called alongside to help. And so I think this will illustrate well. Uh, back in 2003, the uh, Portland Trailblazers of the NBA were involved in the NBA playoffs against the Dallas Mavericks. And Mo Cheeks, Maurice Cheeks, was the head coach for the Portland Trailblazers. And, and before this epic game's about to begin, um, uh, 13-year-old Natalie Gilbert was, was slated to go and sing the national anthem. And she gets up in front of a, a, a packed auditorium. And it's, it's on national television. And she gets to the mic. And she freezes. She forgets the lyrics. But and so there's this kind of awkward kind of silence in the stadium. But more Maurice Cheeks was unmoved. Excuse me, he was moved. He was moved to come alongside Natalie Gilbert. He put his arm around her and he, he started to help her with the lyrics. And as they started to thunder away together, the crowd all joined in. And this thing that could have been a, a, a colossal failure turned into this epic win. Everybody celebrated, everybody won. It was because Mo Cheeks realized he he could come alongside this little girl and be a helper, a helper. And that's what I picture today and what Jesus is saying, he's gonna send the helper alongside of us. And, And here's the big idea this morning. Because you have the helper, the Holy Spirit, you have everything you need to do all God's called you to do. And so uh, we're going to, we'll start in, in John chapter 14. And here, here's point number one. By the way, we're going to have four points because Jesus highlights the helper four times uh, this morning. And so the first uh, big idea is this. The helper is with you and in you. The helper is with you and in you. John chapter 14 verses 15 to 17 says this. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. See, he dwells with you. And Jesus says he will be in you. And here's what Jesus is referencing, that that after he dies and he resurrects, he's, the first thing he's going to do is see his disciples. And in John chapter 20, it says he's going to breathe upon them. And he says these words, receive the Holy Spirit or the helper. 
See, the Holy Spirit is not just with you, but he's uh, on the inside of you. And listen, like, like if, if you're someone uh, in the Old Testament, this would, you'd have no framework for this. Like, like for example, uh, Moses, uh, in order to experience the tangible presence and spirit of God, he would have to go to this place called the tent of meeting. Only Moses and Aaron could go into this tent and there the, the glory of God would fill this space and, and they'd have to sacrifice all these animals in order to do so. And, and then you get Solomon. Solomon builds the temple uh, unto the Lord and there only the high priest could go into the most holy place one time a year and they'd have to kill all these animals and do all these washings in order to, to go in. And now what? Through the New Testament, through the ultimate sacrifice of God's one and only son, now you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, like the Holy Spirit, the helper dwells on the inside of you. And to shoot you straight, man, if I'm Moses or David, I'd be like, the Holy Spirit dwells where? Like I would feel a little bit ripped off, okay? <laughs> and so we got it made uh, because of the, uh, the New Testament and the cross of Christ. And and so um, uh, we read in our text, it says that, that the helper, he's also known as the spirit of truth the spirit of truth. And, and when he talks about truth, he's talking about ultimate reality. In other words, the way God designed the world to function for human flourishing and life, okay? And so the Holy Spirit, he's there to guide us into perfect truth or human flourishing. And so I'll remind you in Proverbs uh, chapter 14, uh, it says this, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. And I don't think you can argue this. Like, like we've done some moronic things. Like, do you, do you know that there was a time that, that we used to use uh, lead paint, right? We put it on our children's cribs and whatnot. Okay, it causes cancer, okay? Uh, then for, it's, at one point, we thought it was a good idea that we could use asbestos uh, in order to insulate our, our homes. Uh, and uh, can we agree? Bad idea, once again, causes cancer. Uh, now, here in 2023, you know what's the latest rage is? AI, right? Artificial intelligence. And so you think that chat GPT is really cute, uh, but you know what's happening? It's really just Skynet, uh, and we know what happens. We've seen this movie, like the Terminators win and destroy us all, okay? And so uh, your chat GPT is not that cute, right? But, um, but, but listen, there is a way that seems right, but in the end, it leads to death. And, and God's appeal is, is he says, hey, I'm going to put the spirit of truth, the helper on the inside you to lead you to human flourishing. In fact, we read about uh, wisdom. Uh, wisdom was there at the creation of all things. Before anything was, wisdom was there creating the paths that lead to life. And we read about uh, wisdom or the spirit of truth's appeal to you and I in Proverbs 8, verses 32 to 36. Um, uh, the spirit of truth or wisdom says this, and now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. And so we see because of the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit leading us into life, we are safe in life. Uh, but, but here's more great news. Because the Spirit is in you, um, you're not only safe in life, but you know you're safe 
in death. Do you know, uh, let me read to you Romans 8, verse 11. It says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit, through his spirit who dwells in you. And so we see that that the spirit, he, he's, he's with you and in you. And uh, let me remind you of an, uh, an Old Testament uh, character by the name of Enoch. And Enoch's a big deal in your Bible. Like, do you know he's in the Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11? It mentions Enoch, and it says this. Um, it says that Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. And, and it's this idea that, that, man, that God wants to be with you. Uh, he wants to be with you, walk with you on a daily basis. And, and so, uh, do you know that the, the name Enoch, it actually means discipline. And so it's this, this idea that Enoch lived this disciplined life in that he says, I'm going to determine no matter what I do, where I go, I'm, I'm walking with him. And because the spirit dwells in you, you are never alone. That the spirit of God, the spirit of Christ is with you always and everywhere. And, and so, uh, man, in my prayer time, I remind myself on a daily basis, oh, Holy Spirit, the helper, thank you that you're with me that you're with me in your lordship and your leadership. You're guiding me into life. Lord, thank you uh, that, you're, that you're with me, that, that, that I can laugh with you and cry with you, that, that you call me your friend. And so you are never alone because the helper dwells with you, but he also dwells in you. And the spirit of God, the helper, he's, you know, he's renovating your heart. It says that he's writing God's law on your heart so you love what he loves and hate what he hates. It says this, that, that he's reorganizing your affections. You know, there's some things that I'm attracted to that I hate the fact that I'm attracted to them. But the promise is this, because the helper's inside of me, he's going to reorganize those affections. So, so I love what Jesus loves. And when the Spirit's done with you, you're going to look an awful lot like Jesus. He's with you and in you. Number two is this, it says, the helper will teach you and remind you. The helper will teach you and remind you. John chapter 14, verses 25 to 26, it says this. It says, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And so we see this, that the Spirit is teaching and reminding us of the words of Jesus. And so uh, uh, Pixar Studios are amazing. Like, like the, the quality of, of movies they put out, like some amazing things, like, like they've done Toy Story, right? They've done the Incredible uh, franchise. Uh, man, they did that one adorable show. Did you ever see Pixar's Up? Oh my gosh, man, like seven minutes into the film, we realized, oh no, his, his sweet wife dies? What? Man, I remember I was crying like a baby, and, and if I wrecked it for you, hey, that, that's on you, man. That's an old movie. You should have known that that happens, okay? And, and so, but man, Pixar, their films have generated over 15 billion, with a B, dollars. And so it's an, it's an amazing studio. But you know what? Um, one of the Pixar uh, studio execs, you know, he was quoted as saying this, 
all our movies suck at first. So if you're mad I said suck this morning, I'm just quoting this Pixar exec, right? He says, all our movies suck at first. He says, but here's what they do. They, they get the raw footage uh, for their movies, and, and they, they go into the film room, and they invite people uh, from their building to come in and actually edit the film. They'll, they'll get a security guard or a secretary, people that aren't in the film industry, and they'll just watch the film, and they'll give their feedback, and they'll edit it accordingly they call them pixarians okay um and, and so but what happens when they're done editing what it goes from something that sucks to something that's amazing and, and in the same way in a real way do you know this that all the disciples suck at first they just do man have you read your bible like we read peter peter says to jesus if it's you walking on the water bid me to come to you he takes a couple steps on and what blah, 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 starts sinking we get james and john the sons of thunder and as they're they're going through samaria they look to jesus and they're like lord do you want us to call down fire and burn all these fools up right what and then um uh, if you remember uh, all the disciples in the garden uh as as they're uh, they fall asleep when jesus needs them most and, and, my, and last but not least is uh, what, what was the argument that kept going around amongst the disciples? Which one of us is the greatest? <laughs> Can we agree? Man, all the disciples suck at first. But here's what you can't deny. After the helper, the teacher comes, begins to edit uh, their life, begins to teach them what happens. They become known as the twelve. Man, just if I was to tell you the 12, you immediately know who I'm talking about. It's like if I said the Avengers, like you know who I'm speaking of. And so the, actually the Bible would actually say of these 12 men, these men that are turning the world upside down. See what happened. The teacher dwelling on the inside of them is teaching and training them. And they're becoming the men that God has called them to be. And so uh, if I can shoot you straight, man, it's funny. Like uh, my, my first Bible, the first Bible I ever had, it was, it was, it was embarrassing. I was opening it up and I was, I was looking at all the notes that I had written on the margin. And, uh, and I was just amazed as I'm going through it. I'm like, uh, yeah, that's heresy. That's heresy. That's dumb. <laughs> that's wrong. <laughs> over and over again. And, and yet, you know, what's amazing is because the helper was there to teach me slowly but surely all the pieces of the puzzle started getting put together and stuff started making sense and so i want to challenge you if you have a hard time understanding the scriptures ask the helper he's here to help teach you and understand man the words and the ways uh, of jesus it's it's why we read in luke 24 uh, verse 20, 45 it says it says uh, then jesus opened their minds to understand the scripture and how did he do that he did it through the helper the holy spirit open their minds to unlock the word of god for them right um, and so the holy spirit's not just here to teach but he's also here to remind us uh, of the word of god remind us of god's word and and so uh, i love what uh, a poet and author samuel johnson he says this he says uh, we need more often to be reminded than informed and and you know what I think that's true. I think that's true. And so the disciples were going to need to be put in remembrance of the words of Jesus. Why? Because they were going to pen the four Gospels you find in your Bible today. And here's what's fascinating is like John's Gospel that we're reading today. 
you know, it, it was written some 60 to 70 years um, um, after uh, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Like, I don't know about you, I can't remember what I had for breakfast, let alone 60 to 70 years later, but the helper was here to remind John of everything, and now we get to uh, be on the inside because because of the helper on in the inside of John. And you know, the, the, the Holy Spirit, if I can just uh, share with you how, how the Spirit reminds us of the Word of God, like, like you need to be putting the Word of God inside of your heart that the Spirit might draw from that well and put you in remembrance of His Word. Like I remember being a, a young kid and I said, I'm going to read one chapter a day for the rest of my life. That, that was my deal with the Lord. And you know, a lot of times I'd read, I had no idea what I was reading, but, but I was digging a well and placing the Word of God. And now I'm amazed, to, even to this day, that the Spirit can draw from that well and bring the Word of God of, to my remembrance. In fact, uh, just this past week, uh, I'm not proud of this. Like I'm supposed to be the man of faith, and nothing, you know, shakes me. But man, we were just—I was just having a tough week, and I was like, man, our, our attendance is down, our giving's down, and and just feeling the weight and the burden of that. And as we were walking, I could hear the Holy Spirit reminding me of the Word of God. He says, Adam, Adam, didn't I say that that Christ is going to build His church, not you? And see, He said, He says. Aren't I the one that supplies your each and every need according to my riches and glory? Like he was reminding me of the word and something that was was weighty turned in to worship. Why? Because the spirit of God put me in remembrance. And you know, he, the, the spirit of God, you know what else he'll do? He'll remind you of people. Like, I, I can't begin to tell you. I'll just be just kind of like like praying or thinking, and I feel just a, just somebody bubble up in my spirit. Uh, somebody's a, a name, a face. And I know that's the Spirit of God, the helper, reminding me to pray for that individual. Shoot them a text of encouragement. I can't begin to tell you how many times they're like, oh, it was the perfect timing. How did you know? And I'm like, bro, I didn't know. But the helper, he knew, and, and he brought you to my remembrance, right? And so... Um, so uh, let me give you the third thing that the, that the helper does for us. And so uh, and the point number three is this, that the helper will bear witness to you and through you. The helper will, will bear witness to you and through you. John chapter 15, verses 26 to 27, uh, it says this, But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me, and you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from uh, the beginning. And so uh, we see that, that the Spirit wants to bear witness uh, to you. Um, it's fascinating. I, I was reading a story this past week, and uh, it was about a, a woman. She was driving reckless and rude. I don't know how else to say it. She's driving her car. Cop sees her, pulls her over. And as he pulls her over, he not only pulls her over, he gets her out of the car and puts her in the back of the squad car. And after waiting some time, uh, he got her out of the back of the car and then gave her her ticket. And then she says, well, why, why did you get me out of the car, officer? And he said, um, well, I saw the fish on the, your bumper sticker on the back of your car. And the way you were driving, I assumed the car was stolen. <laughs> In other words, uh, you said you're a Christian and you're driving like the devil. <laughs> and so uh, for the record, I will never put a fish on the back of my car, not the way I drive. 
And so, but, but uh, the Holy Spirit, like the Holy Spirit is in you and then you should bear witness uh, uh, to Jesus as the Spirit bears witness to Jesus to you. And so if you're familiar with this, the voice of the helper, the Holy Spirit, you'll know that the Holy Spirit is always making much of Jesus, much of Jesus. Like I know um, it, whenever I eat a good meal, man, I can always hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit. Man, how good is Jesus that he would let you eat such good food? Man, when I see something beautiful in nature, the Holy Spirit is always reminding me, oh man, how great is Jesus and how beautiful is he that he could create something so beautiful, right? And he, the Spirit is constantly pointing uh, to Jesus. And, and for the record, um, do you know what? You, you start to act uh, like people you listen to and people you hang out with. You just do. Like I remember the first time when I got uh, uh, became the Jets chaplain, and I'm hanging around all the Jets players, and, and and in that place, everyone's like, "Hey, bro, 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 bro." And then I, I noticed that man, no matter who I'm talking to, I'm like, "Hey, bro, hey, bro." All my texts, "Bro, bro." I'm broing my wife. I'm broing my daughters. And how I many know it's not good? <laughs> and then, uh, by the way, then I was rebuked uh, by Pastor Shino Prater, who said, "It's not bro, it's bruh, bruh." So I, I'm working on it, okay? But. Do you know, when you listen to the Holy Spirit make much of Jesus, it's amazing how you start sounding like the Holy Spirit and making much uh, of Jesus. Um, uh, you know, uh, in Acts 1.8, uh, it says this. It says that, that Jesus says, man, I, I'm sending, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and you're going to have power to be my witnesses. That, that word witness, in the, in the Greek, it's the word martyrs. It's where we get the word martyr. And so he says, man, I'm going to give you this profound power in the person of the Holy Spirit to stand for me in the earth, to be a witness. So uh, I'm going to uh, read a, uh, uh, this is in Every Nation First. I'm going to read a, a brief poem. <laughs> I believe it's attributed to, uh, it, like a lot of people claim it, but, but one of them is Charles Spurgeon. He's known as the Prince of, uh, Prince of Peach, uh, Preachers, and so I'm going to go with him, okay? And so uh, um, he, Charles Spurgeon, he, he says this in this little poem. He says, run, John, and work the law commands, yet finds me neither feet nor hands. But sweeter news the gospel brings. It bids me fly and lends me wings. <laughs> uh, it, it sounds a lot like the Red Bull commercial, doesn't it? Red Bull gives you wings. <laughs> and uh, I think they ripped it off from Charles Spurgeon. Okay? But, but if we're honest, do you know the Holy Spirit, it really is uh, our spiritual Red Bull. Like Jesus promised, man, when the Spirit comes, he's going to give you power. Spiritual Red Bull, man, to, for you to be a witness and, you know, in, in Acts chapter 2, we get the day of Pentecost. And it's when the Holy Spirit is poured out uh, upon God's people. And because of that, what happens? The church, it just explodes. Um, do you know, uh, we, get, we get 12 uh, disciples or witnesses in an upper room. Uh, and then we get 120. And then from there, what do we get? Um, on the, the day of Pentecost, we get 3,000 people are added to the church. 3,000 witnesses. To today, there's some 2.2 billion witnesses. And, and how, do, how do we account for that? It is the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Holy Spirit is everywhere in the book of Acts. Um, it, it, uh, the Holy Spirit appears some 56 times in the book of Acts. That's more than twice per chapter. And, and as the Holy Spirit is giving us power to be a witness, what the church is expanding and it's growing. In fact, in Acts chapter 11, we read uh, in Antioch, it's the first time that we're called Christians. Um, Christian, it simply means this, little 
Christ. And so, because the Spirit of God bears witness about Jesus in us, now we're little Christians and, and the Lord is witnessed through us. So I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel bad for the devil. <laughs> I really do. Like, like, listen, he 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 takes Jesus out uh, on the cross uh, on the third. He thinks, okay, good, I'm done with Jesus. And what? On the third day, he rises from the dead. And now what? Now we have the power for the Spirit to be in us. And now there's little Christians everywhere around the globe. That's why we're going to read in this next text. Jesus is going to say, you know, it's to your advantage that I go away. And you read that, and you're like. That sounds insane. That can't be true. But the big idea is this. What? Now the volume uh, and the impact of Christ through my life and your life and their life and their life. Man, it it goes around the globe. 2.2 people, a billion people on the planet today that bear witness. They're little Christ. And then uh, number four in our final point is this. Uh, The helper will convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Judgment. The helper will convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Uh, John chapter 16, verses 7 through 11, it says this. Jesus says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, here it is, he will convict the world uh, concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. And so, um, uh, listen, like, like there are certain times um, that we don't need to be reminded, we don't need to be taught, we need to be arrested. And, and we just read that there. He says that, that the Spirit's going to come and He's going to convict or arrest. And, and I guess I'll illustrate it this way. Is um, uh, I, as an 18-year-old kid, I, I got called up to uh, the Hartford Whalers hockey team in, in the National Hockey League, the NHL. And uh, I wasn't going to play, but they wanted me to get the feel of the team and what it was like to be in the playoffs. And uh, for what it's worth, the team got knocked out of the playoffs that night, and, and all the guys uh, went out to this bar afterwards and were having a few beers. And, and, and I got to go as part of the team. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm with all these NHL players. And, and they sent me up there as a rookie. They're like, hey, uh, uh, go up and, and get us, uh, bring us back eight beers from the bar. So I, I go up to the bar. And, and I, I, you know, I get the eight beers, and they're sitting on there. And for the record, I'm not proud of this moment, but, anyways, um, the uh, a, a guy comes over, an older gentleman, kind of scruffy, and he he says, "Hey, kid, are those your beers?" And I'm like, "Yeah, they're my beers." You know, kind of make away like that. He whips out his badge, and he goes, "Well, I'm a cop, and you're drinking underage." He started yelling at me up and down, and things I can't say uh, right now because I'm a pastor. He drug me out of the bar, and he was just ripping me a new one. And then I'm like, uh, "I'm standing." He leaves, and I'm like thinking, "Oh my goodness, oh my, is he gonna arrest me? What's gonna happen?" And uh, and then I walk back into the bar, and all the players are cracking up laughing. It was a setup, okay? Uh, the, the, the cop was a friend of the team and whatnot. But here's what it did. Uh, when he arrested me, it sure got me uh, not interested in beer anymore, okay? <laughs> and in a real way, and if we can be serious for a moment, 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 3, it says this. It was a time that, that David, he should have been out at war, but instead he was on his rooftop looking at a, a woman that was bathing. 
Um, and, and so with that, he, he calls for his servant. And notice what, what the servant says. And this is the spirit's kindness trying to arrest David before he falls uh, or dives headfirst into sin. He says this, uh, it says, and David sent and inquired about the woman. And one, sa- and one said, is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So here's why that's so kind of the Holy Spirit. Is So like he mentions three things. So the woman's name is Bathsheba. Bathsheba, it means seven daughters. It should bring to your mind the fact that, man, um, this is she's a sister, a woman. She has a soul. And it says the daughter of Eliam. In other words, hey man, this is another man's daughter, his little girl. And the name Eliam, uh, it, it means God's people. This is uh, the, a daughter of God. And then lastly, um, it, it says this, Uriah's wife. Like this is another man's wife. Actually, he's fighting the war that you should be uh, in right now, David. And so there's all these roadblocks that the Holy Spirit puts up. And what happens? David, he plows right through them all. And, and just because he does this, this one act of sin, it, it just sends his, uh, for generations, his family in a tailspin, right? And so it says the Holy Spirit, he will convict or arrest us of sin. Um, these are things we do that we know we shouldn't do, or in other words, sins of commission. And so um, let me illustrate it this way. Like, like do you know in, in the New Testament, Paul says this, he says uh, that, that God will give us what's called godly sorrow or godly pain. Uh, it's that time when we do something wrong and we, oh, we feel that we sh- we know we shouldn't do it. And that's nothing but a gift and a kindness of God. It's the conviction of the spirit. So there's a, a former NFL coach, Hall of Famer, Tony Dungy. And Tony Dungy is a, is a is ferocious Jesus guy. And he shares the story of uh, his son. His son has a rare neurological disease where he doesn't feel pain. Sounds like he would be like a super baby, like one of the Incredibles or something. Uh, but in fact, he says it's actually quite terrible because the, the young kid, because he can't feel pain, is continually and constantly harming himself. Uh, he shared the story of uh, his wife was, was cooking chocolate chip cookies in a 350 degree oven. The, the, his son smelt it, went in, opened up the 350 degree oven, grabbed the, the scalding hot uh, cookie sheet, burning his hands, and then grabbed the dough and put it in his mouth, scalding and burning his mouth, right? See what happens. The pain's there to remind us, hey, don't do this. You're going to hurt yourself or you're going to hurt someone else. And, and listen, the more you try to push that, that godly pain away, you get what the Bible calls a hard heart or a seared conscience. You lose the ability to feel. Uh, do you know that, that we see continually in the Bible, there's a group of people that lost the ability to physically feel, and they were called lepers. Uh, we read about this, and do you know that when you, when you harden your heart, you're actually contracting spiritual leprosy and inability to feel. And so um, um, I, I want to encourage you. You know what? The, the, the older I get, maybe some of my gray heads uh, will feel me on this. Like when I'm in the gym now, if I feel something, just a twinge of pain, I know, okay, I got to shut it down, man. Can't do it. Because you know why? I'm going to hurt myself. And you know, as I, as I age spiritually, I've, I've, I've grown to know, hey, if I feel a twinge of pain, godly sorrow, 
hey, I need to shut that thing down. I'm going to wind up hurting myself or, or somebody else. So the, the Spirit convicts us of sin. It also says that He convicts us of righteousness. In other words, there's things we should do that we don't do. There's sins of omission. So let me illustrate that this way. Is, uh, I, I can recall vividly, you know, I was driving in my car through town and I saw this, the bus get off and this very elderly man get off. It was, it was 100 degree weather. It was unbelievably hot. And this man's trying to carry these two massive pieces of luggage, profusely sweating. You could tell he was exhausted. And I knew the Holy Spirit said, you need to go pick that man up and take him wherever he needs to go. And I was like, won't, 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 you know, just coming up with every reason why that can't be true God and just blew by and kept going. And I felt the arrest, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It, it was a sin of omission, a good thing that I, I needed to do and I refused to do. But you know what? After I felt that, I was like, did you, have you ever heard about the do-over? Man, you can get a do-over with God. And I'm like, God, I'm so sorry. I repent and give me a do-over. Give me another chance. And you know, just a couple days later, it, it was it was pouring rain outside. Uh, again, I saw now a woman get off the bus into the pouring rain, no umbrella. And, and I, man, I know, I was like, there's my do-over. Pull over in my car, open the door. The poor lady probably thought I was a stalker. But I'm like, hey, miss, come on, let me take you to wherever you need to go. And, and uh, she didn't know, but I'm like, you're my do-over. All right. And so um, he'll convict us of righteousness. And last but not least, we read, it says he will convict us of judgment, convict us uh, of judgment concerning judgment. And, and we read it. It says, because the ruler of this world is judged. And so I, I hear this often. Um, it, it's where people say, man, how can a loving God send anybody to send people to hell? And, and the, the reality is, if you know the scriptures, God doesn't send anybody to hell. In fact, hell was not even made for you or for me. And in Matthew uh, 25, 41, Jesus is talking about the end of time, the day of judgment. And here's what he says in Matthew 25, verse 41. It says, uh, then he will say to those on his left, uh, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire, prepared, get this, for the devil and his angels. You see, hell wasn't made for you or for me. It was made for the devil and his angels. But here's the reality. To refuse Jesus is to by default uh, choose Satan. And, and you get what Satan gets at the end of time, eternal judgment and fire. Um, but if you choose Jesus to receive him, you get what Jesus has, uh, his righteousness and, and eternity and glory with God. And so um, uh, let me close with, with, two, with two simple ideas. Here's, here's my two thoughts for you. Here's the takeaway. Um, I want you to know this, that the Holy Spirit is a person who wants to know you. He wants to walk with you, in you, and be upon you with power. The Holy Spirit's not some impersonal force or like yin and yang or Star Wars, uh, Luke Skywalker type thing, but, but he's a person. Uh, in the Bible, we read that the, the Holy Spirit, he can be grieved. Uh, he can be lied to. The Holy Spirit speaks, communicates. The Holy Spirit hears, right? And so the Holy Spirit wants to walk with you, be in you, and upon you with power. And, and then here's my last thought is this. Listen, I want to remind you here, I don't know who this is for today, but because the helper is with you, in you, and upon you, you have everything you need to do all God's called you to do. You have everything you need to do all God's called you to do. Let's pray. 
Father, I thank you for this time that we can gather together in your name. And Lord, I thank you that you sent us the helper, the Holy Spirit. And God, I, I want to I pray for those, God, that, that maybe uh, man, they, they know God the Father, God the Son. But Lord, I pray uh, just revelation in, in the Holy Spirit and who he is. And God, I pray that, that the helper, uh, Lord, would help men and women uh, in earshot of my voice today, man, fulfill the destiny and the calling on their life. I pray it in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen. Well, listen, uh, Every Nation, the sermon's over with, but we're not quite finished. Uh, I want to remind you that you can be faithful in your tithing uh, and your giving. Uh, there's three ways that you can give uh, uh, digitally. You can go to our website, encnj.org, and, and just hit the giving icon. Uh, or uh, you can uh, text the letters ENCNJ to the number 77977. Uh, text the letters ENCNJ to the number 77977. This is how my family and I give. It's, it's super quick and convenient. Or you can mail in your check or money order right here to our church offices at 101 Gibraltar Drive right here in Morris Plains, New Jersey. And may God richly bless you as you are faithful in your tithing and your giving. Every nation, Jesus loves you. And I think you're amazing too. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. For more information on our church, or if you'd like to give a financial gift, just go to our website, emcnj.org.